Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in and happy Easter. He has risen. Amen. He's risen indeed, Grayson. And today, uh, Pastor Margaret and I are joined by uh, Dr. Brian Charette and uh, lead pastor of Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, Pastor Adrian Mills. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Doing happy, great. Gracie. Happy Easter. Did you emphasize that he's the lead pastor? He's the leading pastor. Mm-hmm. He leads. He's a lead pastor. And you are a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to get as far past that as possible. But it's important that we establish Adrian's lead role oh. as the lead pastor. Oh. Who invited him? <laughs> so uh, Pastor Adrian and Brian are here today because uh, our church, Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, started a new series today on Easter um, entitled Free from Yesterday. So Pastor Margaret and I thought it would be good to have them in and share why the topic Free from Yesterday and how does it apply not just to those at our church, but how does that apply to everyone uh, whether they're a believer or a non-believer, and uh, how does that impact their life? Yeah, I think we've all been impacted by things in our past, and those are real, and those are burdens that we carry with us, whether we realize it or not. I think sometimes we're very aware of the things from our past. They feel like weights. They feel like baggage that we carry around with us. And sometimes, perhaps there's things from our past um, that we're not always aware of. They are beneath the surface. And so really... I believe part of the purpose in the series is exposing those things, whether we realize it or not, um, bring them into the light and allow um, the presence, the hope that God brings, his presence, um, to deal with those and um, find freedom from those things in our past. And so in that way, um, some of the topics can be a little bit heavy. Uh, I mean, today's topic, we really began with shame. And I felt very strongly, and Brian and I, as we talked and planned, that we wanted to talk about that idea of shame because it's something kind of that maybe exists. It's so pervasive beneath the surface that many people don't even realize that they're carrying around uh, that kind of baggage. So that's just one example of something that I believe um, it holds us back. It keeps us from being who God has uh, called us to be as believers. I think I, I, to us it was a perfect match with Easter because the message of resurrection is it doesn't matter what your past is, you can be free from the chains. I mean, every, we all, I know I have pretty heavy chains from the past that could continue to weigh me down. The only way I could ever get free was through Jesus. Otherwise, I'd still be dragging around baggage and chains from, you know, I, I have memories from when I was eight years old and being in a very dysfunctional upbringing, family, and alcoholism, and abuse, and all kinds of lousy stuff that I don't want to bring into the present with me. It wants to. The enemy wants us to carry that stuff around because it binds us and makes us ineffective. And so one of the things that Pastor Adrian was saying was, you know, that's one thing we don't always talk about at Easter time. We do celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and his victory won on the cross, and we do talk about what that means in terms of eternal life and salvation, but it also gives us freedom from the chains that bind us. It gives us freedom from sin, freedom from weight, and, you know, there are people listening, I'm sure, who when I started talking about my past, 
they started thinking about their past and some of the stuff that either was done to us or mistakes that we made can really be heavy. And one of the powers of Easter that I guess maybe we don't always think about it is we can be free from that uh, once and for all. We can have freedom from the bondage of our own past. And the lie we believe is that we're the only one. Yeah, yeah. I, that's to me. That's why again, shame was so important because yeah. I often say the definition for shame. You know, guilt says I did something bad, right. and shame says I am bad. Yeah. And um, maybe I'm the only one. But see, there's that thinking again, right? But maybe I'm the only one that um, has dealt with that before. But I believe. There are many uh, listening today that feel can feel like they're the only one who has dealt with that. They're the only one who um, feels like their faith isn't strong enough. They're the only one who, you know, I, I should be past this by now. Uh, I should just get over this, whatever it is. Um, and so the lie we believe is when we're the only one. And so part of exposing that is finding, first of all, believing that's a lie. A, you're not the only one, but B, his grace is sufficient and can give you freedom to walk um, in wholeness and healing. I mean, we, we're focusing some on the Apostle Paul's comment in Philippians chapter 3, um, in which he says, forgetting what's past, mm-hmm. I, press, I forget what was in the past. Mm-hmm. Now that's easier said than done, but it can only be done by the power of the cross. But I press on to what's ahead for what God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That, I mean, there's some people listening who would say, I would love to forget my past. And I think the message of Easter is you may not forget the actual memory may still be in your brain, but the power of that memory to hurt you can be gone. I mean, I remember lots of facts from my past life that were bad things and hurtful things and harmful things. And I technically remember them, and I can describe to you the circumstances, but they no longer have the power to hurt me, harm me, or to keep me from being free. So I understand that. Um, I can identify with that, being free from some of those things that kept me in bondage for so long. Do you want to just talk for a little bit about what was that like for you? We're talking about shame. Um, it's Easter, and people are listening. And well, I want that. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how? What does that look like for someone listening today? Maybe they're sitting at home alone. Maybe they're in their car driving. Well, uh, first of all, for me, shame is a really powerful thing um, because it's full of darkness and secrets, and it wants us to be isolated. Mm-hmm. And so. For me, the most, I guess the first difficult challenge was to come to a place where I wasn't hiding anymore, where I could talk about what had gone before, or I could talk about what I was struggling with in the moment, um, and I didn't feel compelled to hide. Mm-hmm. And so the, I guess that's the first thing, mm-hmm. is to be able to be among people who love you and to be able to talk openly about some stuff that you don't really want to talk about um, but you know it can't be right to keep hiding it. For those of us who have dealt with shame and we deal with how we feel about ourselves or our past, our brain knows. We're smart. We know this can't be right. This can't be the way I'm supposed to do it. And so for me, it started by being willing to talk about it. Uh, for me specifically, I uh, years and years ago now, uh, I came to the point where I said, I've got to have help. And so I found a great Christian counselor 
who essentially walked back my life with me and, and uh, because I wasn't raised a believer, so I had a lot of baggage and she was just wonderful. And so that was the first step. And then the second thing was getting in the habit of laying it down when it came to me. You know, it wasn't a thing where I snapped my fingers and I was free all of a sudden. It was getting into practice when I was feeling some of that stuff. You're unworthy. You're the only one who deals with this. You better keep your mouth shut. No one would love you if they knew who you. All the stuff we've all heard before. Um, I had to start every time it came up just putting it down, just saying, okay, Lord, I, I give that to you. And at first it was kind of wooden and kind of stiff, but I kind of got into the habit of it and you know, through doing it, counseling and doing it in prayer, I realized he was taking the sting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I can't point, pinpoint a time and I don't remember the exact, but I realized that I could now think about things. I remember one of the things my counselor said was I had this, I had this really hard experience when I was a kid, um, essentially my dad leaving us mm-hmm. and in a drunken rage leaving us. And when I was in the conversation with the counselor, I was talking about that incident and how it had affected me. It was really a hard incident. And um, at one point she said, what would it be like if you pictured God with you in that moment? Because I never had. It was always just me. Because I wasn't a believer. I wasn't saved. I I don't, you know, but what would it be like if you saw the Lord with you in that moment, even before you knew him, even before you got saved? And, you know, to this day, that was years ago, I still get, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. That really helped me mm-hmm. to start to see what was the Lord feeling and doing in some of my most intense moments that caused me shame. And that really helped me get in the practice of giving stuff over to him because I could then say in my prayer, Lord, you were there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to walk this. That really helped me. So I don't know how it will help those listening. But for me, it was being able to talk about it getting in the practice of laying it down and knowing I could and picturing the Lord with me in some of the worst, either my sin or sin that was done to me and being able to say, you were there, you saw it, you're with, it, it didn't scare you, you didn't abandon me, here you are with me again today, help me. And I felt, to me, that was a really helpful Yeah, way. interesting as you ask that question because I think my response would be that I have found what's given me the most freedom was kind of the warped view of God that I had through mm-hmm. the midst of this. So this series doesn't really just talk about shame. We've kind of branched out, if begins with shame, but we're also talking about rejection. Mm-hmm. And so what we say is often if shame is what I feel about myself, rejection is what I feel from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then really also coming back and talking about wounds and hurts from our lives. And what I found was so pivotal for me in just studying and preparing and praying through this idea is how different my view of God was. So no matter what we can say, in the, if I'm feeling shame, I'm projecting certain things onto God. I'm believing that, well, you, you know, I know, I know the word says that you're, you love me no matter what, but really um, you're disappointed in me. Or really you can't, you know, you could be in a, you know, a room, 100 people worshiping, but you could believe that God sees you and somehow believes that his grace isn't sufficient for me. Um, rejection the same way like we we uh, portray often we put human characteristics onto God so when we've been rejected we just believe that God is somehow rejecting us too Um, and and so those are deep wounds that everybody has to deal with but I think I don't I didn't realize what a warped view of God that I had in the midst of some of those real 
hurts from my past. And those things were keeping me from walking forward in freedom. Even if I could forgive the individual act or this particular instance from my past, I was carrying this view of God forward into my present and future that allowed me to constantly feel like he was disappointed. Um, he was ashamed of me. Um, I, I'm inadequate. I'm not lovable. And so kind of unearthing some of those, just having to look in the mirror and be honest, like, wow, this is without realizing it. I wouldn't have said it out loud, but this is what my faith suggests about what I believe of who God is. That's really good. It took me back to a time when I was on Roosevelt Street, six months into attending church, Hmm. sitting on the back pew every Sunday with my little girls. And Steve um, started coming during that time too. And I just remember hearing like, this call to accept Christ, to give everything to Him and share. And what I heard in my brain was, you've gone too far. This will never work for you. The enemy just... And there was some things that I learned growing up that probably fed into that too. Um, Just maybe even theologically. Um, But it took me having a conversation with someone. I went to Pastor Carrie and said, hey, you know... I want to be saved and you know he helped me walk through that and I think that was the beginning of me coming out of that shame and so I think you're you know you Brian you spoke to sharing with someone having someone to talk to finding someone um, a counselor or someone that you can talk to and then uh, Pastor Adrian just being able to identify you know why am I feeling this way Um, what is my view and I think that's really good for our listeners today to begin to think about what those things are that when they feel that shame, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, and then knowing, um, getting some tools today even to start moving forward out of that, um, a good Easter Sunday. Um, Brian, as you and Pastor Adrian were talking, some of the thoughts I had was as a kid, you know, having different thoughts or different temptations feeling guilt over that like if you share this with anybody they'll think you're crazy or you're the only person who deals with this they won't understand and we all know as adults as christians maybe we don't maybe sometimes we forget that that's just the enemy talking to us trying to cause us to either isolate ourselves or bury our thoughts and not share them with people who love us and can give us good guidance and Christian counsel, so to speak, and that God died to set us free from, you know, our past, our uh, fears, our shame, the things we have to be ashamed of, and we don't have to listen to that voice. And also another thing, and I always think about this as far as thoughts go, when you're on a men's retreat, Brian, you shared, you said, think about something that the Lord, you know, words that the Lord would have to say about you, and if it's negative, then it's not from the Lord. That's right. Yeah, so. yeah I, if you're listening to this program right now and you're thinking, well, that's crazy. The enemy doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who said that to you just <laughs> now? Right. Um, if you're hearing things like, no, this doesn't apply to you. It's a religious thing. It's just them. Just turn the radio off. Or you're, if you're hearing you're an isolated case, there's no one as bad as mm-hmm. you are. If you're hearing any of that right now, well, it's not God. So it's either you or it's your enemy. And so, I mean, you've just got confirmation that as you're listening to this program, that there are voices communicating to you that are true and not true. And one of the first things to do is decide 
That was one of the first things I had to do is decide what's true and decide yeah. which voices are condemning and shaming and which voices are hopeful and redeeming. And the very definition of Easter is that the voice that's redeeming is the one that's the Lord's and the voice that's not is not the Lord's. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, the, there's a lot of power in naming the lie, name, identifying the whatever that is that comes from the enemy. For me, it, it just always comes back to this idea of, and I've shared this with the congregation many times, but this kind of belief that I'm not enough. Um, and that's not just a ministry context. That's as a husband and a father and just that constant voice in my ear that just says, you're not enough, you're not enough. And I do think that comes from two places. I do think it comes from acknowledging that the call to follow Jesus is a call to weakness. It's a call to recognize mm. that his grace is sufficient in our yeah. weakness. Yeah. So it is a call to countercultural living because we live in a culture that says buck up, be stronger, toughen up, yeah. where the message of the gospel is um, take up your cross, um, that power comes from weakness. Mm-hmm. But I also think for me it comes from this mindset of, and I've done a lot more reading on it recently, kind of this scarcity mindset. Um, there's a writer uh, I was reading recently, I can't remember their name or I'd give them credit, but talked about how uh, we often wake up and some of the first thoughts that we have are scarcity thoughts. Mm-hmm. I didn't get enough sleep. I've got too much to do today. I got, and it's these, like some of the yeah. first thoughts we have are immediately tied to not having enough, not being enough, got to get more. And so kind of this life in deficit, you know, trying to catch up. And so for me, it was also kind of acknowledging that lie that like, I don't serve a God of scarcity and I don't serve a God who is limited by, and just naming that and identifying that. And then like you guys said, maybe identifying the lie when I'm hearing that, okay, is it a call from God to say, Adrian, you're trying to do it all and you're not acknowledging in your weakness, I'm strong or, cause that there's truth to that. But then there's also this lie of the enemy that kind of continues to hinge on this idea of scarcity and acknowledging that I don't serve a God of scarcity, that he's more than enough. And so there's freedom in that for me. And I think, you know, God can convict us, but he does not condemn us. Right, that's true. understanding the conviction and the condemnation and realizing that when God speaks to it, it's a call to himself. It's more of a call to rest than the enemy. It's a push. It's a Mm -hmm. constant. It just doesn't stop. And God invites and that shame feels more like it's pushing, causing you to have worry and to have all of these racing thoughts instead of God speaking to us in a way that does not bring anxiety and, yeah. and worry. And Pastor Margaret, as you and Pastor Adrian were talking, I was thinking about, Pastor Adrian was talking about understanding what the Lord's voice sounds like. And you were talking about a pushing, you know, the enemy will push us in the back. And I've heard dad say this before, the push in the back would be like from the enemy, but God is kind of reaching out his hand and wanting to guide us and lead us in the right way. Mm -hmm. It's more of a caring loving like I want to get you back on track type of because I love you and care about you not like a to shame you guilt you or to make you feel like just to hammer yourself God wants to guide and direct us he loves us and cares about us he doesn't want to shame us amen well we've talked about uh, shame and a little bit about rejection and I know that's two in the series in the sermon series but I know there's also um, another one uh, I believe wounds and then we have 
the really big one at the end, right? Um, hope. So is there anything that you all want to share when it comes to, we talked a little bit about rejection, but that and then maybe into the wounds, what that looks like uh, for us to begin to look at our wounds. Uh, share a little bit about that. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about wounds and then I'll let Brian talk about whatever else in there because I've already talked a little bit about rejection. There's such an overlap from all three of these. I think it's hard in my life. I can't say, well, this was shame and this was rejection and this is... But for me, thinking about the hurts in my life, the things that have marked me, I say this often when I think about um, the five moments that have impacted me most in my life. Um, other than, you know, the day I married Lauren and the day my kids, you know, were born and adopted our youngest. Like, of course, those have marked me. But often, if I were to make a list of the five things that have shaped me the most, probably the five most painful moments of my life. Mm. But I've also learned, you know, that's because of the grace of God. That doesn't automatically happen. Um, that, you know, there was a point as I've been leaning in and praying more, I realized that's because God's redemptive work has been able to come. And I probably wouldn't have even always been able to say that because even when we desire to allow his redemption to come and to work, sometimes we don't get to see yet. So there could be things right now that someone's listening and they're walking through and they're painful and they're being faithful and they're surrendering, but they're not yet seeing, you know, how God can use this or how it can be um, redeemed. But it's just kind of that acknowledgement that when we allow the hurts from our past, I think that's the turning point in and of themselves, they can, you know, have the power to hold us back, chain us down, mm-hmm. or when surrendered, God can redeem it. He can use it. He can allow them to be, yes, as Brian said earlier, we don't maybe ever forget. We remember that, but now we can look back and say, ooh, remember that moment. Yes. Um, I've shared often about my mom and some of the brokenness from her past and depression throughout my teenage years, and she was suicidal. And I can look back and I can remember, you know, I can remember a specific night crying myself to I me mean, hard moments, but I can also look back and say, wow, God used that to shape me, to cause me to rely on him more. God has worked in my mom's life and redeemed her. So I can see all hope, all infused in that, even though I can still look back and see the pain, yeah. but it's because some point in there, I had to surrender that yes. and I had to put it in his hands and say, God, I, I can't control what you do with that. It happened. There it is. But I can choose either to kind of be chained to it and be a victim of it, or I can put it into your hands and let you do with it what you will. And now getting to look back and see these specific moments in my life and say, wow, um, they were the most painful, but they were the most formative moments in my life. He takes our mess and makes a message, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that strikes me at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, we've already established Pastor Adrian is our lead pastor, and he's in the pulpit most Sundays. Every once in a while, I get to preach in the pulpit. And there have been times when I would go down, you know, when the service is over between the services, and people would say some variation of, you don't know what my past is like. Um, And they're not being mean-spirited. They're saying, I have so much pain and so many wounds in my past that you probably can't understand. And when I hear that, my first response is, absolutely not. I can't know what your wounds are like. I can't know your particular story and how hard it was for you. But that doesn't mean, the reason they say it is because they're asking a question. Really, they're saying, I think I'm beyond being saved or freed because my wounds 
are so much deeper than anybody else's runes. And I know they feel that way, and it feels that way to them. I think that's why it's really important that we address that issue with one of our messages from this series, that no matter what your wound... And people have horrible pasts and mm -hmm. wounds and that go way beyond what I might be able to imagine or any of the four of us could mm -hmm. imagine. But that doesn't mean that your wounds are too deep to be healed that your bleeding is too bad to be stopped. Uh, I think that's a major lie, and I think that's one reason we're going to take a whole Sunday and just focus on wounds. For people who are thinking right now, as a matter of fact, you just don't know about my past. If that's your thought, then that's why we're dealing with this, because even your wounds, even the things that you've been through, as awful as they were, are not too hard for God. And that's another really important message of Easter. And that's why this free from yesterday is our theme, just because of the idea that you just don't know. Because we don't, but Jesus does. And he is ready and waiting for you to lay those down once and for all. So we've talked about shame, rejection, and wounds, but um, we talked a lot about on Front Porch Talks about bringing hope. We say this is a half hour of hope, and certainly being free from shame, certainly that is hope, and free from rejection and all of this. But just talk to hope specifically and you know how God wants to give us hope for the future. We've talked a lot about the past, but how you know after he's freed us from our shame and our past, fears and hurts how that will help give us hope for the future and the present yeah we will be really intentional throughout this series of talking about hope the whole time because these are heavy topics and so the last thing we want is people kind of each week um, feeling the heaviness because the reality is yeah there's hope throughout we just introduced a brand new mission statement this um winter spring here at hfcn and i, I think it really relates to this idea uh in this series and our mission statement is this transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. And really hope is all throughout that because we truly believe in the transforming power of God. And that's why we can be free from yesterday. That's why we can be free from the heaviest, um, most broken thing from your past. And because we believe that God is in the business of transforming lives, that brings hope. And that brings hope for your present. But then uh, the beauty of that is God doesn't just transform us. And, you know, that's it. He also transforms us because he wants to use us to bring hope mm -hmm. to others. Mm -hmm. And so what a beautiful image that is. Not just because we live in a world that can be so narcissistic and so me, me, me. And man, I understand that. And so in a series where we're talking a lot about my past and my pain, it would be easy to kind of just stop there and say, ooh, ooh, God's given you hope. But man, we don't stop there. It's not just that he can transform and bring you hope. Now yeah. he wants to use you to bring hope to others. And yeah. I have come to believe almost any time in my life where God brings victory personally to me anymore, I, there's very few times I can point to it and say, well, that was just for me. That was just yeah. for my, almost always it's like, well, how, how can God use this to minister to someone else? Right. And so the message I want our people to hear loud and clear as we go through this series is not just, man, God is able to transform you, but now because of what he's done in you, um, he's able to, to bring hope to others. And so what a beautiful ministry that we've been given through our hurt and through our pain. Um, I was talking to someone not too long ago who just discovered hope. And it, <laughs> it was, uh, this is a person who's my age, so old, and they've had a long, hard life, and uh, they've known Jesus, but just recently they've really deepened their relationship with him. And I remember having this conversation, and his comment was, hope was such a strange feeling. 
I can't remember feeling it before. And so to feel real, true hope, it was weird because I thought, is something wrong with me? Or is this how I'm supposed to feel? And I said, no, you just forgot how to hope. And now he's restored that to you. I think that's kind of cool that it's a it's a strange feeling that we have, some of us have been without hope for so long that we have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And I'll give you, some, in closing, I'll give you some comfort. The Lord will help you get used to hope. He will give you hope and then you'll get comfortable with it and you'll never want it any other way. Yeah. So thank you all for what you've shared today. And just in closing, say there's someone who has shame, has dealt with rejection. They have wounds, maybe even by the church. What would you say to them today? Maybe if they feel too much shame that they don't even want to walk in a church or what if they have shame and they don't want to even walk in to a place to get help? Yeah, my instinct, my first reaction is to just say the healing journey, the journey of redemption is one step at a time. And so for some of you, the bravest step you're going to take is, yeah, finding a community of faith where you can you can show up or reaching out to one friend and saying, this is where I am. And I'm scared that you're going to judge me or I'm scared you're going to leave me or I'm scared you're going to. Um, admitting to your spouse, you know, I've been hiding these wounds for so long, or this is, you know, admitting to God, this is, I just, it's not the only step, but it's one step at a time. And um, sometimes that journey can seem overwhelming and debilitating when we're overwhelmed with the past. And, but just ask the Lord and have the courage to just take that next step and believe that he's with you and he's going to do more than his share of the work. I mean, this is not us doing the redemption work, but it's us just having the faith Yes. One step at a time, and then watching God um, do what He can do. Pastor Adrian and Brian, thank you for joining Pastor Margaret and I today on Front Porch Talks and sharing this Easter message and this Easter series. And certainly, it'll bring hope to those who listen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that today's broadcast has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.